Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, back in 2015, the, U- the UN set out 17 sustainable development goals, which were to be met in the 15 years until 2030. My next guest has written a book suggesting harnessing technology is our best chance to meet all these goals. It's great to welcome Marga Hoek. She's the author of Tech for Good, Imagine Solving the World's Greatest Challenges to the show. You might tell me about these uh, sustainable development goals. First of all, what areas do they cover? Thanks, Bobby, for that question. Yes, in 2015, we defined a sustainable compass for the world, if you will. We identified 17 objectives that we need to achieve by 2030, and the time uh, is ticking away because we're uh, more than halfway through that deadline now. And these cover what you call ESG, economical um, challenges, social and governance challenges, and altogether they define what a sustainable world looks like, meaning that, for instance, we have to put a stop to poverty, we have to put a stop to climate change, we must raise in equality around the world. We must protect our biodiversity and so on and so forth. And these 17 goals are halfway through time, midpoint, you could say. But of course, as you would assume, Bobby, we're not halfway through progress. Yeah, that, that was the point I was going to make, uh, Margaret, yeah. that basically, like all green ambitions and targets, we're significantly behind. So, like, the second half, we have to do, like, accelerate the progress absolutely. almost inconceivably. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, by nature, humans need to understand something first. They need to research and need to grasp. They need to make a plan, etc., etc. And that, in a way, delays progress. But nevertheless, we should step up significantly. And the reason for me to write this book, Tech for Good, is hey, here we are with huge challenges around the world, but at the same time, we're stepping over the threshold of what we call a fourth industrial revolution. And that might sound complex, but it's actually simple. We have now a wide range of advanced technologies to our disposal. And these, you consider a toolkit of all kinds of technologies that together can come up with solutions that both accelerate progress because we can, you know, do things we couldn't do before, but also make sure that those solutions have more impact and scale up much more rapidly throughout the world so we can, in a way, you could say, make up for lost time. Okay, so when we talk about this fourth industrial revolution, we're talking about things like AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, 3D printing, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, robotics, all those kind of things that are a lot of people are talking about now. You, do you see those as, as the solution? Well, the solution, at least they're a big help because the combination <clears throat> of those, and you just mentioned uh, a few, digital and physical technologies we can combine and create solutions that are super impactful. To give you a couple of examples, we can now bring uh, both seeds, medicine, and other stuff to remote areas because we have drones or we have solar ships that don't need any other infrastructure. We are now able to create buildings, uh, houses, and any other sort of buildings that are actually energy positive. 
So they don't use energy, but they provide renewable energy to their surroundings due to the grow- progress in technology. We even have, you know, business with uh, buildings with facings that literally eat the smoke out of the air. We can 3D print parts wherever, whenever in the world, so we don't have to move stuff around the world anymore and have a lot of waste, and so on and so forth. So we have much more opportunities to create and scale up solutions that have impact. And also, while doing it, unlock business opportunities, because that I find important. You know, business is only sustainable in the end if it can make a profit and if it has growth. And that those two things come together, which I describe in the book. What what about the oil and gas industry? Do you really believe that they're prepared to change, and change? I I mean collectively for the greater good of mankind and indeed society. Well, if they will do it for the greater the greater good, I doubt because business is a business, and the business is set up to uh, deliver. Um, uh, revenues to the shareholders, and so it's a business. And the difficulty, which many people overlook, is that that business, specifically oil and gas, unfortunately, you could say, currently is very profitable. Now, why is it profitable has a lot to do with the fact that actually it's for free for the producers, huh? because we have a very low price on CO2 and taking resources. So it's actually an unfair game. They will, however, redirect And that is because um, at this time already, solar and wind and hydrogen become much more competitive rapidly. So then it makes more business sense in the longer run to be in the business of renewable energy. For that reason, I know they will switch. But of course, they seek the opportunity to take the profit as long as possible. And it's upon all of us to put pressure on companies like that to progress more rapidly and to have, you know, the the percentage of the revenue in renewables versus fossil energy growing more significantly. And all of us are sometimes happy, oh, we see something sustainable happening at some uh, an oil and gas company. But of course, it only counts if it's a significant percentage of the total revenue of a company. So we have to push them. We have to push for a higher CO2 price, which makes the shift go more quicker. And we have to demand those companies to have a good strategy. And it is starting to happen because remember, for instance, we had this situation at ExxonMobil and other companies as well, where shareholders really voted out board members because they lacked a strategy to shift to renewables. So also shareholders are starting to realize it's also in their best interest to shift yeah, but I, I, I'm not seeing the, the, you know, the day-to-day evidence of that, and we certainly didn't see it uh, at the recent COP convention. No, very true. There's still too much pushback. So at the COP conventions you were referring to, in the end, in the final text, you know, it wasn't a black and white situation where we said <clears throat> we are going to phase out fossils, which was very regrettable because then it's, again, a soft agreement and we need a hard agreement. So true, there needs to be much more push. There needs to be much more people and consumers in the end that buy the oil and gas or renewable energy to push pressure on those companies. It's not going fast enough by a long shot. Yeah. You know, you, you make a valid argument, though, you know, that if, if, if it's a good business opportunity 
and it's also a, st- a sustainable practice or or a business that's behaving sustainably it should be embraced you know without much opposition because you know there's profits to be made and at the same time you're doing something good absolutely yeah absolutely and uh, i did a lot of research to um new scale startups and scale ups in the renewable field, and which is much broader than the current renewable energies we know of. You know, there's carbon capture, there's storage, there's all kinds of new types of decentralized solar and wind energy and so on and so forth. And those represent very interesting investment opportunities. And, you know, what I try to do in all of my work, in my writing, in my speaking, in my board consultancy, is shed the light on those opportunities because the more people are aware of that, um, you know, the faster we will go. Finally, can I ask you, Marga, about these moonshot innovations, as you call them, um, that might effectively get us to where we need to get to. When you say a moonshot innovation, is that like the effort that we put in, you know, in the mid-60s to getting a man on the moon? Doing a moonshot means that you don't take reference from the current situation, that you go to a blank sheet and think, what do we need? What do we need to solve? So take, for instance, climate change. What do we need to solve? Okay, we have to create a lot of renewable energy, and we have to do it around the world. We have to also do it in the common south of the world and the remote areas, and how can we do it? And that brought, for instance, uh, Google X, you know, the breeding place for um, um, moonshot innovations to the idea To create Loon, for instance, to say, okay, we have all these opportunities, but they need people to be digitally connected. So let's look at another way to connect people. And then they looked at the stratosphere instead of, you know, building all kinds of infrastructure on the ground. Now, this project might not have succeeded uh, in the end, but it's a new way of thinking. Okay. We don't need to build all that infrastructure. We don't need to repeat what we do in the developed countries, in other countries, and so on. So that way of thinking brings us further, definitely. Marga Hoek, author of Tech for Good, Imagine Solving the World's Greatest Challenges, and indeed uh, two other books, uh, The New Economy uh, Business and indeed The Trillion Dollar Shift. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.